God will never let the righteous be shaken. So put your cares on the Lord this morning. He will support you. Turn your worries over to Him. He will keep you going. If you will keep your care on Him, He will keep you. Rolling all of your cares, all of your anxieties, once and for all upon Him, because He cares for you. Now, one of the first keys that we looked at in being kept is we must then have faith in the power of God. Don't you suppose there's keeping power in his hands? He can keep you. He can, he can sustain you. And he will uphold you with the right hand of his righteousness. His eye is on the sparrow. You are the apple of his eye, and his eyes run to, to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on your behalf. So what is required of us is simply to have faith in his keeping power. For he upholds all things by the mighty word of his power. And the very God of peace, the very God of shalom, will keep you intact spiritually, soulishly, physically, until he returns. It is the will of God and it is the plan of God for you to be kept. Amen. Amen? Amen. How many of you are interested in being kept whole until he returns? I mean, finishing your whole course, running your whole race, and at the end of your life, you'll be able to say, thank God I've been satisfied, it's time to go home. You know, he said over in Psalm 91, verse 14, he said, With long life will I satisfy you, and I will show you my salvation. The Spanish Bible says, With long life will I satisfy him, and I will show him my healing. Amen. Thank God. Did you know for you to be kept and you to be sustained, you're going to have to have his healing power flowing in you. And it is the will of God for you to be healed. He said over in 3 John 2, Beloved, I pray or I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now tonight we're going to be having a healing service. I'm going to be teaching and preaching. And we're going to be laying hands upon the sick. We believe the will of God in this place. Not only do we believe the will of God is that if you're sick, He wants you well. But thank God if you're well, He wants to keep you well. He wants to keep you whole. Amen. Wholeness, being kept intact, belongs to the born-again believer. As a matter of fact, being whole and being kept is the believer's advantage. Now, there are people outside of these walls that don't know anything about God. They don't know anything about being kept, but you do. And once you have the knowledge of God's Word, once you have the light of God's Word, it is then your responsibility to walk in the light. Amen. And then what do you say? Share the light. Share the good news with people all around us. And so having faith in the power of God is a key then to being kept. And then last week we talked about the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is an absolute necessity if we're going to be kept by God's power. Scriptures like this, the fear of the Lord prolongs our days. The fear of the Lord increases one's life. What does it mean to fear the Lord? It means to obey Him, to walk in His commandments, to walk softly before Him, to honor Him, to worship Him, to live life for the glory of God. 
The fear of the Lord also means to depart from evil. Amen. The fear of the Lord is not a fear that we back off and we're afraid of God, but it is a reverence of the eternal living God. Amen. Amen. Now this morning, I want to talk to you about a very important point about being kept in your soul or in your mind, in your will, and in your emotions. So what do you say we look at this? Turn with me to Isaiah 26 and verse 3. And I'm going to pause for a drink of H2O. Isaiah 26, 3. Here's some really good stuff, guys. Thou wilt keep him. Notice the word keep. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. That perfect peace is peace, peace. It's a double whammy. Notice whose mind is stayed or whose mind is fixed on thee because he trusts in you. Pay particular attention to that word. He will keep us in perfect peace. Now, I'm going to read the message translation. You don't need to pull it up. But I love what this says. As people with their minds set on you, you will keep completely whole. Steady on their feet because they keep at it and don't quit. Depend on and keep at it because in the Lord God, you have a sure thing. Amen. 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 So we started out by talking about casting your burdens on the Lord But to keep them there, you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith and stay your mind on the Prince of Peace. And that's where the fight is. Because the enemy wants to pull you out of the faith zone and get you into the fear zone and into the reasoning zone, into the looking at symptoms zone, into looking at this zone and that zone. But thou will keep a man of God and a woman of God in perfect peace if they will fix their mind on him. And of course, him is the word. Amen? In him was life, and the in, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So when we're talking about keeping our minds stayed on him, we're talking about keeping our minds stayed on the word. Instead of considering this and considering that, we must consider Jesus. And looking away from every distraction and everything that would pull us away, keeping our minds stayed on Him, lest we be wearied and faint in our minds. See, weariness and faintness and weakness comes oftentimes by looking at, talking about, and thinking about the wrong things. Well, God's given us the right things to think about. He's given us the right things to talk about. Amen? Amen? Now, notice with me in, uh, I think it's Romans chapter 8, verse 5, and notice with me in verse 6. Romans 8, verse 5 and verse 6. For they that are after the flesh do mind. Notice that word, mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit do mind the things of the Spirit. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. To be spiritually minded, we must be word of God minded. Now notice with me in verse 6. And I'd like for you to read this with me if you would please. Verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, 
But to be spiritually minded is life in peace. So that word minded, basically it's, it's saying this. Minded is what you keep your mind on. And your mind will connect you to what you're thinking about. A spiritual mindset is a mind that is set on God's word. A mind that is thinking in line with the word of God. Now listen to this statement. <coughs> Excuse me. What I put my mind on and what you put your mind on, will, you will open your spirit to. Amen? What you put your mind on, you open your spirit to. Okay? So that's why it's real important to guard what we're thinking on. To guard what we're looking at. To guard what we're listening to. Because your mind connects you to those things. Now, every believer, you and I, we're responsible for setting, for changing our own mindset. People are a product of what they believe, what they say, and what they think on. The proverb says it this way, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So then we can change our lives by changing our mindset. Okay? Scripture talks about not being conformed to this world, but rather be transformed or changed by the entire renewal of our minds so that we may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I underwent a complete mindset change as a young man and around 23 or 24 years old. My mind was set on carnal things. My mind was connected to death. Therefore, I had a lot of carnality in my life and I had a lot of death in my life. Oh, but when I got born again, when I got transferred out of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's dear son and Begin to get into the word and let the word of Christ dwell in me richly to change my thoughts, to change my words. It literally changed my entire life. And my God is no respecter of persons. What he's done for one, he'll do for all. Amen. Amen. And so the renewal of the mind doesn't end just because you start getting some results. Oh, there's so much more mind renewal that we need to undergo. I mean, just like this building was a movie theater. And when we came in here, it certainly needed a lot of work. So there was a lot of demolition that took place. There was a lot of pulling down. There was a lot of removal. Remember Pastor Tom and Joe? All these things that needed to take place. Well, that's the same thing with our mind. There's some things that need to be removed. There's some things that need to be cast down. There's some things that need to be dealt with. Amen. Get the old in and put on the new man and receive the mindset of Jesus. Say it with me real strong. I have the mind of Christ. Isn't that good to know? All right. So look at Colossians chapter 3. And let's look at verse 2. Colossians, the second chapter, and the, uh, the, no, the third chapter, and the second verse. So he said here, set your affection, the word affection is another word for mind. Set your mind on things above. Pay particular attention to things above, not on things on the earth. 
Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. I'll just read the Amplified. The first part, it says, set your minds and keep them set on what is above. Set your minds and keep them set on things which are above or the higher things. He says, my thoughts are what? Higher than your thoughts. Amen? But he's given us the ability through this born again experience and through mind renewal to be able to think the thoughts of God. Because he's made his thoughts known to us in 66 books. Amen. Amen. So if we're not thinking the thoughts of God, it's either because we're lazy or we don't want to. But God's made his thoughts available to us. Now, I saw something over in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Look over there. And I said to pay attention to this thought on things above. On things above. The Lord showed me that some of the things that are above are found in Philippians 4, 8. Some of the things that are above. In other words, they're spiritual, they're not carnal. They will connect you to resurrection power. They will connect you to a victorious life, not a defeated life. Amen. So anybody interested? All right, Philippians chapter 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are honest whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are of good report if there be any virtue and if there be any praise do what think on these things and then the lord showed me a few things those things that are true, are certainly above that which is not true. Those things that are honest are way above anything that's dishonest. The things that are just are above any injustice. The things that are pure are above the things that are impure. The things that are lovely are above anything that's unlovely. The things that are of good report are way above anything that has to do with the bad report. Oh, glory to God. The things that are praiseworthy are far above those things that cause us to grumble, moan, and complain. Amen? Those are some of the things that are above. And people that have been raised by Jesus and made to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus with him. We've been raised above. We are above people. And above people need to think on those kind of things. Amen? Amen. Well, I thought you'd enjoy that. All right. So... If you want your mind to be kept intact, keep your mind on these things. Keep your mind on these things. Because the devil, I mean, he's just an idiot. He'll bring all sorts of crazy thoughts to your mind. He'll bring all sorts of stupid scenarios to the city of your soul. I mean, he'll try to sell you a bill of goods. He's the ultimate false salesman. 
What did they have those guys in Western days when they sold all that false medication? I can't remember what they were, but that's the kind of dude he is. But you don't have to take the bait. Know that the devil's bait is always reprobate. The devil's bait will always try to bring you down. But God's word will lift you up. God's word will lift you up. Support support you, sustain you, and keep you in perfect peace. All right, so go over to 2 Timothy now, chapter 1, verse 7. Looking at some keys to being kept. 2 Timothy and uh, chapter 1, verse 7. We might look at this in a couple of translations, but um, in 2 Timothy 1, 7, it says, For God, the keeping God, the upholding God, the good God, He did not give you a spirit of fear. When you got born again, He didn't give you a spirit of fear. He gave you the spirit of faith. Amen? Amen? Well, also, He gave us a spirit of what? Power, love, what kind of mind? A sound mind is the opposite of an unsound mind. A sound mind is a set mind. A sound mind is a stable mind. A sound mind is a peaceful mind. Amen? So this soundness of mind is opposite of an unsound mind. Amen? And that's the kind of spirit that God gave us. The spirit of faith, the spirit of love, the spirit of power, and of a sound mind. I know we said it earlier, but I think we ought to say it again. I have the mind of Christ. I have a sound mind. Now, let's just look at it from the Amplified Version, if we could. Pull it up there. Thank you, guys. Aren't you glad for our folks that do such a good job up there? Amen. I wouldn't, try to, I wouldn't want to try to follow me. Brenda's been trying for all these years. Doing a good job. <laughs> She's doing a good job. All right. Second Timothy 1, 7. For God didn't give us a spirit of cowardice, of, of uh, a spirit timidity, excuse me, of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a calm, well-balanced mind and discipline. Now, let's say this together, class. I have a calm, a well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. So, a sound mind is a set mind. A sound mind is a stable mind. A sound mind is a focused, disciplined mind. A focused and carefree mind which leads us to perfect peace. Amen. There's just absolutely nothing like the peace of God. Amen. Of course, when you're born again, you do get the peace of God. It's available to you. You get peace with God, knowing that you're a child of God, and knowing that when you put your head on the pillow at night, if Jesus were to come, that you would immediately be in the presence of God. That's a good thing. 
That's peace with God. There's nothing like it. But then also there's something else called the peace of God. Peace with God comes at the new birth. The peace of God is received on a daily basis as we face all these afflictions and tests and trials in life. Now, now listen to this, and, I, and I'll quote it to you. It says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, mm-hmm. let your requests be made known unto God. Yeah. But then he goes on to say, And the peace of God, peace of God. that passes all understanding, it'll keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Yes. Amen. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding. It'll keep you, not only your heart, but your mind through Christ Jesus. And uh, I'd like for you to pull that up in Philippians 4, 7 in the Amplified Version, if you would. Because I like how the Amplified Version says Philippians 4, 7. And God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing what? Look at your neighbor and say, no fear here, no fear here, no fear here. <laughs> and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort it is, that peace which transcends all understanding, now notice, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I believe one translation, an older translation says, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds like soldiers would in a turbulent country. That's God keeping you. Kept in perfect peace. Thank you, Lord. How about a little bit more? You want to go a little further? All right, let's look at Romans chapter 12. We quoted it, but let's read it from the NLT. Romans 12th chapter, second verse. So don't copy the behavior and customs of all of this world. But let God transform you. Let him change you into a new person by changing what? By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. What is good and pleasing and perfect. I just saw something. A renewed mind is a focused mind. A renewed, a renewed mind is a clear mind. A renewed mind will have clarity and be able to see the plan of God and the will of God for their life. An unrenewed mind has difficulty in seeing through the blur And through the fog. But a renewed mind is able to see clearly with clarity. And the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. And show you things to do about your life. So that you can walk in the perfect will of God. I don't know how else to say it. But there's a lot of folks in the body of Christ. That are just so unclear. They're so unclear. Uh, You know, one day it's, well, the Lord is saying this, and the next day the Lord is saying that, and three months later the Lord's just doing a whole new thing in their life. 
And uh, I'm not knocking that. I'm certainly not mocking that because I've missed God. We've all missed God. But I believe that God wants his sons and his daughters to have clarity, to be quick, to be bright, to be sharp, to be able to see what his will and his plan is. The word of God will give you clarity into the will of God. Amen. So let's not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewal of our minds. I like what Tony Cook says, not by the removal of our minds, but by the renewal of our mind. You know, these cults, TM and different, you know, whatever kind of cults are out there. I'm not a cult watcher. I'm a word watcher. But a lot of them, you know, they say, well, you just got to lose your mind. You just got to empty your mind. No, I'm not going to empty my mind. I'm going to fill my mind with the word of God. I'm going to fill my mind with the praises of God. I'm going to think the thoughts of God and my mind, glory to God, is going to give glory to God. Somebody said, well, I just can't help it. I just can't seem to focus my mind. I just can't seem to discipline my mind. You're wrong. You can. It takes effort. Now. Say this with me. My mind mind is my mind. mind. And I can do with my mind mind. what I allow it to do. do. Say it again. My mind mind is my mind. mind. So go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. 2 Corinthians 3, 18. Just want to encourage you. Keep your mind. Set on him. And he will keep you intact. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. But we all, that's usens. But we all with open face, beholding or looking as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. We are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of of the Lord. Now this next phrase is worth you coming to church this morning. I'm going to borrow it from a good friend of mine. I love it. Can't improve on it. So I'll just quote it. What you behold is what you become. What you behold is what you become. Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. I uh, was driving to get my hair cut yesterday. I wish you'd done a better job, but I'll have a conversation with her next month. <laughs> I was just driving, you know, down 880 over to Maori, and I, I said, Lord, I said, what, what, what is it that, in your estimation, what, what is it that is one of the biggest things with you on a key for us to be kept? And it just came just like this. The biggest key, one of the biggest keys is for my people to be connected and to stay connected. 
And then I said, okay, fine, good. Connected to what? Number one, connected to the word. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. He said this. He said, I am the vine and you are the what? You're the branches. So it is absolutely necessary for us as the branches to stay connected to the vine. That is if we want to produce fruit in our lives. And really, when a branch goes away from the vine, that branch is going to be kept very long. Okay? Now, now here's, and this is, please don't misunderstand me. I don't want anybody to be condemned. Because God loves you and I love you and I'm not calling anybody out. I'm, I'm calling myself out. But you know, it's possible to be possible to be more connected with the news than you are the word. It, it, it's very possible to be, to be more connected with the NFL than you are the father in his family. I know I'm preaching good now. The father in his, his, his everyone say Family. I'm going to preach to these people that are filling these chairs right here. <laughs> the father and his family. Connected to the word, but also connected to his family. Connected to one another. You know, I got to thinking, what, what, what would they have done? For this young man that had a tragic death. What would what, what, what they have done? If they didn't have a family. If they didn't have a church family. What, what would people do if, if they were hungry. And they didn't have anything to eat. And didn't have the benefit of a family. That feeds them through we care. It's, it's a, so important. God's big on families. He's big on community. If you do, you run your reference in Strong's or you run your reference in, in, in one of the Greek concordances, look at how many times you'll see the word one another. One another. Oh, connection. Connection. Connection with the word. Connection with his family. And connection through prayer. Stay connected. Lester Sumrall said years ago, the first banana that leaves the bunch gets peeled first. He also said this, fellowship is two fellows in the same ship. You know, I like the company I run with. I like the value of the local body and the local church. Amen. I know people have good intentions of staying in church, but you know, good intentions aren't enough. Well, I intended to do this, and man, I, I meant, but there's always something that'll keep you away from the things that you need the most. They're called distractions. But... I'm preaching to the choir. I mean, it's the nine o'clock group, so. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. 
One thought from God's word can change your life forever. Man of God said this years ago that God's given us his word to get our thinking straightened out. And when we think in line with God's word, our believing will be right. And when our believing is right, then what we say with our mouths will be right. So here's, here's the closer this morning. Ask yourself, what are God's words about a situation that you're facing? What does God's word say about you being kept physically? You know, it's one thing to know it up here, to think it up here, but it's another thing to have it down here. We've got to base our faith on the foundation of God's word. So here's what I'm encouraging you to do. Whatever case, whatever situation you might, might be in, get God's word on it. Get God's word on it. Plant it down here. Meditate it. Think on it. And speak it as a regular part of your life and your day. And you will see the manifestation of these things come to pass. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. You know, George and Terry, Brother George and Terry do a great job with their healing school. And and every Thursday, there's word going forth. There's word going forth. In order for us to get a harvest of healing, there's got to be the seed planted. You know, Brenda's daddy was a farmer. And what did you guys plant? You planted cotton and wheat. Now for Johnny Edwards to sit out on his porch during harvest time and expect a harvest of cotton and wheat when he didn't plant the seeds for for cotton and wheat would be foolish. And for us just to sit around and twiddle our thumbs and say, well, you never know what the will of God is. Maybe this, maybe that. But I'm just trusting God for a harvest of healing. What have you planted in your heart? The word of God is the seed. And Jesus and uh, Proverbs says, my words are life unto those that find them. So all I'm saying to you is find the word that covers your case and plant it in your heart. Amen. Amen. Find God's word. Now notice this verse and we'll close. Read it with me. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Okay, so let's stop right there and let's just break this down just for a moment. Now faith, faith and the word of God are synonymous terms. Faith cometh by what? Hearing, hearing and hearing by? The word of God. Faith and the word are one. Just like you cannot separate the wet from the water and the water from the wet, faith and the word are one. So we could read it this way. Now the word of God is the substance. Now the word substance there in the Greek literally means it is your sure foundation. It is that which a person is enabled to stand upon. So the word of God is our sure foundation. It is substantial It enables us to stand firm. Amen? Now faith, it is the substance of things that we what? 
Now, that's a very interesting phrase there, things hoped for. How many of you have some things that you're hoping for? How many of you got some relatives <coughs> that you're hoping to be saved? How about this? How many of you got some bills and some debts that you're hoping to be paid in full? Amen? So hope in one sense is a desire. Amen? That's why we must keep our hopes high because hope deferred makes the heart sick. So I encourage every one of you to have a hope, have a vision. Whatever that vision may be, it may be a vision for, for debt freedom. It may be a vision for your loved one to be saved. It may be a vision for you to be healed, amen, amen. and to fulfill the call of God in your life. Those are the things that you hope for. And it is, the word of God is the substance of what you hope for. So take your hopes, take what you're confidently and favorably hoping and expecting to happen in your life. And then bring that hope over to the foundation of the word of God. And find scriptures that cover your hopes and cover your case. And stand on it and declare it and proclaim it. And the Bible says that the word of God will become substantial in your life of those things that you are expecting and hoping for. And that the word of God is the evidence of things not seen. Amen. I don't need any more evidence than what the word says. So as I stay focused and fixed and stay my mind on the evidence and the substance of God's word, even though I don't see it, feel it, taste it or touch it yet, I know that it's mine and it's just a question of time before the full manifestation of my hopes come to pass. Amen? So he's going to keep you if you will keep your mind stayed on him. Stand up, everybody. That's enough for this morning.